Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Welcome back, everyone. We are on episode number 68 of the Retail Ready Podcast, and in today's show, I am joined by Craig Matthews. Craig is shaking things up in the way that retailers can order food and beverage products for his new platform, Stockbox Online. If you have a brand, a side hustle, own a shop, or you're a retailer, then this show is a must. I recently launched Doggylicious on the platform and can honestly say it's one of the easiest platforms to deal with, and I'm looking forward to growing with the model. Craig knows his stuff about business, he knows about retailers, and he knows that this product is just a gap in the market that is needed. Before we go into this episode, I just want to do a huge shout out to our main sponsor, Huff and Puff Pork Crackle. The support is tremendous, guys, so thank you very much. But for now, just sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing Craig and the Stockbox Online story. Huff and Puff Pork Crackle is Australian-owned and made right here from 100% real Australian pork. Hand-fried and available in a range of flavours, the tasty crunch is hard to resist. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Craig. Craig Matthews, the founder of Stockbox. Um, I'm really excited to hear your story, Craig, from the beginning and also what you've been doing this year because what I'm finding at the moment, the last few guests I've had on the show, just it's been amazing to see how adaptable uh, some small, medium-sized businesses have been uh, during these kind of crazy, crappy times. Yeah, and you are no different. So, welcome to the show, Craig. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I suppose, uh, in terms of a bit of a backstory to myself, um, pretty checkered career. So, I've had, uh, I've had a lot of uh, different roles, and it always seems to be that I've been. Um, in roles that uh, I've, I've approached roles at a time when there has been change. Um, yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, originally started in supermarkets, pushing trolleys actually, in the days when uh, supermarkets weren't open 24-7 and uh, we used to pack things in brown paper bags, which is, funnily enough, it's all gone back to that in some respects. Um, and... Yeah, at the time, uh, working through the supermarket industry, they were going through change um, with uh, extended trading, extended trading, and um, and also uh, you know um, Sunday trading. So that was um, you know that was an interesting time, and uh, and then stepped out of supermarkets and uh, joined a uh, convenience operation at the time that was just starting up called Food Plus, which was a subsidiary of um, BP, uh, and spent some time um, dealing with franchisees uh, and bringing up um, their uh, convenience offer with Food Plus, and then then moved into a state role with uh, BP over in Perth, and then uh, probably 12 months into that role, um, the term category management came up um, and moved back to Melbourne as a national category manager, one of the first four that they had, which was uh, interesting because we were pretty much designing, I suppose, in some extent, to some extent, the um, the category management structure. Yeah, okay. 
and then uh, and then from that went to BAT, uh, British American Tobacco, which was originally I was employed by WD and HO Wills over here, and uh, and at the time um, they were owned by BAT in um, in London, and the global merger with Rothmans came about. So uh, lived through the global merger, and um, that was an interesting time as well, setting up um, a new um, player in the market, which is now known as Imperial Tobacco. Okay. Um, so that was, uh, and I was looking after major accounts at that stage. So um, it was an interesting time because as a number three player in the marketplace at the time, which WD and HO Wills was, um, you went from being a number three player to a number one player and the dynamics and the, and the culture of all of that was very different. Yeah. Um, and then and then stepped out of that, went back into convenience at the time. Um, started uh, working for a buying group called UCB, which is uh, still out in the marketplace, um, and was in charge of um, bringing on a new retail offer for BP for independent retail for uh, dealers in the marketplace, which was, um, which we've, uh, which is now known as uh, BP to go. Um, and then did that for about five years and then went to uh, Campbell's, which was my last corporate role. And that was uh, a seven year stint with them um, introducing or redeveloping a brand called Lucky Seven convenience stores yeah. in, in Australia. Oh, well. Interesting. Uh, so it's like you've you've had the corporate lifestyle and kind of yeah the the politics that come with that. <laughs> yes. And 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 now you're running your own you're you're running your own gig uh, mm. where you set the yeah you set the agenda and set the uh, the politics in house. Like when did you feel that it was time to step away from the corporate life? Uh, so I'm guessing it was Campbell's to the company Stockbox that you run now. When, when did you kind of, cause I always, my first question would be, when do you know it's time to, to go? I know there's a lot of financial questions to, to go with that. Yeah. Um, but can you just run us through that from a mindset perspective? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question because, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing what I did. Um, I, I jumped without, um, without any uh, safety net. Oh, you forgot your, you forgot your armbands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I actually, it was, it was one of those things where um, I think I always knew I was going to step away and do mm -hmm. my own thing. I think uh, as, a, as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I suppose you can call it entrepreneurial, but, you know, you sort of know that, you know, you're cut out for something else. Um, and I always knew that, and I think um, I think as much as I enjoyed the corporate life, I always felt that there was something more. And I ended up, uh, I think it was probably in my mid forties that I decided, well, it's you know, it's either now or never. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, took the plunge, and originally started doing some consultancy work, which is what a lot of people do when they leave corporate, and. Um, Kudos to anyone who is uh, a consultant because it's not an easy gig. Um, 
And I did that for a couple of years, but then I I, I, I didn't really step straight into Stockbox. I was uh, doing uh, consultancy for a period of time. <laughs> and as one of those consultancy jobs, uh, uh, they said, oh, could you go and have a look at this cafe? And I went and had a look at the cafe because I was, I was doing some work in the cafe side. And... Uh, and what caught my attention was not necessarily the cafe because it was one of those typical new age cafes where they sit on milk crates and everything's uh, written on tiles <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. in the corner of, uh, of the store, they actually had a small convenience offer. And uh, when I went in and had a look at that, I'd been in the industry for so long and I couldn't recognize any one of the brands that were on the shelf. Um, I didn't know them. And I thought to myself, where do all these brands exist? Where do they come from? Why don't I know about these products? And um, and it was at about that time that I, I did, started to thought, think about my next um, step. And uh, I was at home with my daughter and uh, my oldest daughter, and she's, she was at uni. And, um, you yeah, know, I was talking to her about what my next move was going to be and then um, didn't really know what that was going to look like. But uh, she got a knock, knock at the door and uh, um, she came back and she had a parcel. <clears throat> and it was uh, a Bella box. And if anyone, you know, obviously the girls will know that Bella box is a beauty box of sample products. And uh, yeah. well, I learned something new. I don't even know what they were. So yeah, they are. That's, yeah. that's something new for me. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and so I'm literally sitting there uh, in the lounge room thinking about what my next move was. And my daughter was. Um, opening up this Bella box and she's going through all these products and she's saying, dad, look at this and look at that. Mm-hmm. And I could see the excitement in her eyes and it was like Christmas to her. And, um, and I realized at that point that through all my career in dealing with retailers that they had, one thing was common throughout all those different roles was that uh, retailers kept coming back to me and saying, why are we the last to know about these products? Why don't we yeah. find out about these products faster? And, uh, and I realized that at that point that uh, while the B2C space in terms of subscriptions and, you know, product awareness and obviously, you know, social media and the internet was, was quite, um, you know, quite active in the, in the consumer space, the way product reached the shelf in the retail space hadn't changed in that period of time. And so that's where Stockbox was born. Fantastic. And then, so you you looked at your daughter, you got the idea. Hmm. What were your next kind of few months after that? Because what what I know personally is my, my head runs at uh, a very fast pace and I have to yeah. actually sometimes just calm it down. And that's why I, I go for dog walks every morning to mm-hmm. kind of filter all the crap versus stuff that I can actually uh, do. Yeah. And what what was your kind of next steps from that? Like, was it an, was it a fire in the belly where you went right? I'm gonna gonna run out and do everything I can, or was or with all your corporate experience dealing with that, it was like right, let's let's think about this. What does a plan look like? And go slowly or go quickly? What what was the mindset there? Yeah, well, first of all, um, what happened was that I actually. Uh, I, I did some research. I mean, mm. you know, I, I started to jump online and I started to look at subscription programs and um, 
and started to research what was out there in the marketplace. And what I found was that at the time, there was something like 2,000 different subscription programs out there in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, you know, like uh, six years ago. Yeah, right. And, wow. And it's, it's more than doubled that now. And the thing was that when I looked at those programs, they were all focused on consumer. Mm-hmm. They're all targeting the consumer. No one was targeting retailers. No one was actually looking at the retailers and saying, how do we actually better inform those, those retailers about what's out there and available in the marketplace? Um, and so that's, that's where the white space came from, I suppose, for me. Fantastic. Um, and then, then I just started to, um, you know, uh, talk to some of the, the people I knew in the industry um, started to get a bit of a feel for it. And uh, I, I, I suppose I, uh, one distributor, actually, I did some promotions through that and virtually overnight signed up about a 1,000 retailers, which we've, we've pretty much got the same amount of retailers on the program at the moment. Um, and I knew then that uh, there was a need for this. Yeah. Well, then, in a, in a nutshell then, can you explain, because we'll, we'll go on to Stockbox Online kind mm. of revamped on steroids, but what was the original Stockbox that is still active today, yeah. uh, but kind of COVID um, you know, kind of slow, like issued down kind of stuff, mm. but what is what was the original Stockbox idea and kind of concept? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the stock box, the core of stock box is still there. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, the, the motivation for stock box was to raise awareness around um, product and to uh, be a conduit between the retailer and the products and brands to create those connections. And so, you know, it was all about awareness. It was all about speed. Um, and it was all about, um, you know, creating those connections for the re- uh, the retailers and the the product partners and the brands to connect and obviously do business as a result of that. What I found through that process was that uh, over the course of the last, you know, five years of, of doing the Stockbox program is that uh, retailers kept coming back to me and saying, you know, we're frustrated because we see these products, then we go to our distributor and for whatever reason, you know, there's a whole gambit of reasons, but for whatever reason, um, they just can't get, they just won't carry those products. Yeah. Or alternatively, the vendor would come back to us and say, you know, we've got all these leads, but we don't have distribution in those areas. Um, and it was the retailers who actually said to me, they challenged us, they said, look, if you can deliver samples to our store, why can't you deliver product? Um, and so that's we 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 researched that a couple of times through the last five years. Uh, probably more recently, around January February, we, we researched that with our members, and we said, look, you know, if we were to open up a portal, would this be something that you would want? Um, because we surveyed through the program anyway. Um, and 92% of them said yes, who responded. So, you know, we, we, we once again thought, well, okay, um, you know, this is the next evolution of, yep. of the program. 
That's, I, I just find it fascinating because we had um, we had Ashley Whitaker from Snack Proud, which uh, yeah. I know I know you uh, know as well. Yeah, I listened to uh, it this morning. It was great. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> and we uh, we chatted about like her business, but more so about trends and insights and just the plethora of knowledge that you have in this space is incredible. Mm-hmm. And do you find that over the last five, six, seven years that you've got to know kind of what the retailers are looking for and the trends before the trends kick off. Um, is that something that you've kind of come across or are you more focused just kind of going, you know what, I'm just more about the business. If it sells, fantastic. Um, let's let's give it a try. What's your views there? Yeah, look, I uh, like I, I, have, um, I have a couple of views on that. One is that um, I think that, you know, through the through the last five years, and 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 I've often gone to trade shows and trade events with my stockbox t- t-shirt on, been talking to different vendors, and mm-hmm. um, and typically the response has been, you know, uh, we've got a distributor to look after that for us, or we've got field force, or whatever it might be. And my my stance with the market is that the market's changed. That you know, the internet is is you know everywhere yeah. um, and that too many businesses are looking at their business or have become comfortable up until I'm talking pre-COVID uh, have become had become comfortable with what they had and you know in terms of distribution supply and all that and I've always maintained that you know they need to sort of expand beyond that because the marketplace is not a three-lane freeway anymore it's a 50-lane freeway Yep. And and that you need to be playing in multiple spaces. And even as late as this week, I had one uh, one conversation with a uh, supplier who said, uh, "No, we've 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 got ranging in in convenience, and we've got distributors, so we don't want to create crossover." And I thought, you can't be serious because if you're talking about competing in on the online space on in the internet space. That's the epitome of crossover. There's there's multiple ways that you can access product on the internet. There's multiple places that you can get it from. To to be so rigid and channelized that you don't want to look beyond what you've currently got is a mistake. And you know, COVID has shown that because it shut down so many pathways, and now uh, everyone is reacting to that. Um, you know, in terms of trying to find a new pathway to the market. So we've always been an advocate for multiple pathways and an open marketplace. As far as product goes, you know, I I try not to overlay my um, preconceived ideas on product when we're talking to any product partners because at the end of the day, the market will decide. The market decides, not me. Um, yeah. And all we can do is provide a fast and easy way for those products to access the market and ultimately the market will decide. I mean, I and we had this conversation the other day, I maintain that, you know, in all the time that I've been doing this, you know, one of the driving sort of underlining sort of questions that I've asked is why does so much product fail in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm going to say. Um, 
what I've come to realize is that product doesn't fail. People do. People fail. And people don't like to hear that, but it's the truth that your product can't fail. It's impossible. The only thing that can fail is, is the people, is, is the person, personal aspect of it. Because if you've got a product that's failed in the marketplace, I can show you an R&D team that got it wrong or a sales and marketing team that couldn't sell or a marketing team that was marketing where the attention wasn't. There are reasons for product failing, but it's never about the product. <laughs> the, poor, the poor product that's just sitting there defenseless. Um, exactly right. It, it is true because I, I know working, whether it's private label or in the brand space, that, yeah, a lot of people, uh, it, it's interesting because you always go to the product itself and go, ah, oh, it's the artwork. Let's do an artwork revamp. Mm. And then that, that happens. And mm. it's like, well, no, that's not going to do it. And then it's always the price. And it's always, oh, the the, the SFP, the shelf-friendly tray was not right. And it, it, it's so true. And we, we touched on this the other night kind of around social media as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I found that re- a real fascinating conversation, which it would be great to touch on uh, here, to be honest, because I I think there's a point, and we we touched on it with Doggylicious, where I would love to spend more time on social media, yeah. uh, promoting the product itself, and I have ideas of what I want to do um, because I just don't want to have pretty tiles, um, and we touched on it that a lot of people spend more attention on how their Instagram feed looks yeah. that no one ever checks. Like when was, and people who are listening to this show, like when was the last time that you actually went on someone's individual Instagram page and assessed how their kind of tiles and flow looked on their page? No one, no one gives a shit. No yeah. people just want that information that pops up to them there and then like, yeah, you touched on it before the the social media and the world and the internet is just full of information it's you can get anything you want on the internet now that's it you'd be stupid if you couldn't get that information what people are after is kind of yeah that the content to either help them entertain them or kind of go yeah that that's for me and i just kind of look at that and go yeah i'd love to spend more time on my socials but I'm trying to sell the product mm. uh, and since selling cartons, I find it so much beneficial to the business instead of selling units, which is what social media does. And there will be a time where I want to grow kind of a loyal fan base, for, but for the moment it's trying to shift volume and trying to get that brand awareness out. And there's two ways of doing it. It's either B2B or B2C. And for me, what's working now is B2B. Um, and I, I think that's a, a better strategy for the short term, um, to, yeah, to to try and grow that, which is where I came across yourself. And I know, I know we've, uh, we've followed each other for a a while and we've spoke on and off. And that's why I think I like, well, I don't like, I really like, um, your adapted stock box offering, which, if you can explain kind of how you've adapted what you originally had to yep. what you've now got, um, I think it's a fantastic offer that I've not 
come across, uh, and uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, if there is other options out there, but you seem to be driving a point of difference. So if you can explain that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, essentially, um, you know, we've spent the, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, what we're doing is a COVID response, but as I explained before, it's mm. not. We, we're actually responding to what our retailers have told us yep. for a while. And so, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. It it just didn't make sense that, you know, as as someone like yourself who's, you know, spent a lot of time and effort to develop a product, um, and that can be years in some cases, to then have to go and spend another 18 months in some cases, six to 18 months, and I know that through personal experience as well, to get product on the shelf. and. When you consider that product life cycles now, you know, are less than 12 months, the reality is that by the time you get it on shelf, the consumer's moved on um, and it's irrelevant. And so there needs to be a faster way to do that. And so what I looked at or what we looked at was, okay, how do we take the good things that are happening in the online space and turn that into a B2B solution? And so that's, that's, what we we actually um, embarked on with Stockbox Online. So Stockbox Online is more about, you know, taking the efficiencies out of the internet that are currently that currently exists there for B two C, and and turning them into a B two B model so that retailers can get access and 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 product partners can get access to the marketplace faster, and and by doing that, you know, they then have a platform. To uh, to build from, so you know our process with um, with our platform is that it's a it's a multi vendor marketplace um, where we can um, quite quickly upload product um, to that marketplace for a vendor. I just want to chip in when you say quickly, you actually mean quickly. Like I did it over the weekend, yeah, and. But I think Monday, uh, Monday morning, you sent me an email uh, saying it was all up and loaded with yeah. a video to go with it to say this is what it looked like. So yeah, well, I mean, you look at you're you look not at, messing around. No, well, you look at um, uh, you look at um, you know we talk. You're talking to Ashley um, at Snack Proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked to Ashley, um, or we had a conversation about a week ago, and then you know by Friday, her products were loaded onto the platform. We turned the platform on on Friday and we had her first order on Monday. Fantastic. And it was like 10 cartons um, to a vending operator in uh, Rockhampton. Now, in normal circumstances, how long would it take for a vendor to find that that particular customer in Rockhampton and sell them 10 cartons? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not even worth thinking about. And this, this is why I think the platform has such a great opportunity. So sorry, I, I disrupted like what what the platform is because I want listeners to understand yeah. what you're doing, which is great because so, it, it's perfect. So what we, we do is that, um, you know, we, we give the, the vendor two options. They can either, if they've already got an online uh, presence, so let's say they're... Uh, you know, they're currently selling to consumers and they've got an online platform, um, we, can, we can pretty easily, you know, just uh, tap into what they're doing 
um, we can we can act as an agent if you like and collect orders from retailers for their products and then they can uh, we can send them the orders for them to fulfill so they if they've already got great um, you know arrangements in place with couriers and stuff like that and they're going to households why it should be pretty easy to go to uh, to a business um, so we can either act as an agent where we collect the orders for um, for particular product partners, or alternatively, they don't have distribution everywhere. Um, we've got uh, an arrangement in place with our uh, third-party logistics partner, who we've been with since day one, um, and we can hold product at our 3PL in Sydney, Melbourne, or Perth, and service the products in a consolidated order through uh, through the platform. Um, and I might add the other, the other thing for the retail. So we, we, we focus on what makes it easier for the retailers as well. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to deal with, you know, everyone's pain points. Um, you know, what we do for the retailer is we say, well, rather than you have to set up, you know, 50 individual accounts with 50 different product partners to get access to these lines, um, you can just jump on, place an order with, multiple vendors as, as many vendors as you want on this platform uh and you pay for it once yep and then we break down that order and we send off the components of that order to each partner to fulfill so it's one invoice one payment um and it's you know they can order you know what they want when they want 24 7. Mm -hmm. you know they uh, uh, we understand that retailers uh, uh, strapped for time that they don't want interruption so you know literally you know you can be running a retail business and you can be watching your son play football on a Sunday and place an order at the park with Stockbox. That's fantastic and what I like is the simplicity and you, you sent me the video uh, <laughs> to, to kind of improve my knowledge around what you were doing and what you wanted to achieve mm. and I just look at it going yeah that's great like uh, like take for example Doggy Licious we set uh, the MOQ as four cartons mm -hmm. and you you can set that in the back end of your system so that yeah when when the retailer is putting an order in they know that okay I need to order four here once yeah. I've ordered the four it, the big green tick happens and then they can move on to the next product and that might be two cartons and yeah I just think it's it, it works really well what what I want to touch on is for for businesses or startups listening who i'm sure um you'd want to get in contact with yourself sure. would be what retailers do you have currently looking at your platform like you mentioned um a vending uh company uh, in rockhampton what kind of opportunities or marketplaces do you currently have eyes on what you're doing so that people can engage uh, and go yeah that, that that fits kind of the area that we're looking into yeah uh yeah that's um that's a good question the the bulk of our membership at the moment um and we're just talking about you know what we're doing at the moment mm. um is uh primarily in news agents and convenience stores yep. um, and general route um we do have uh, some interest in tobacconists, although that's much smaller. Yep. Um, vending, as I mentioned, pharmacy, independent supermarkets, um, cafes, um, and then there's a, a, a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of um, yeah. smaller operations. 
Uh, and that's great. And it's nationally as well. So you, yeah. you can service yeah. the whole whole of Australia. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just love it. And for so while it's fresh in everyone's mind, which what's the website that people should be going on to, to kind yeah. of uh, have a look at the platform? Yeah, it's uh, if I just jump on to www.stockboxonline, all one word, .com.au. Fantastic. And where where do you see the next? I know it seems like it's been the longest year ever, but <laughs> we've still got probably another good good <laughs> good five months left in us, uh, or four months left in us. Where where do you see yourself now? going in the terms of stock box both kind of version one with now the updated version what's what's your plan of attack for the rest of the year yeah so we've got probably uh, we've already got two more iterations of uh, of the program that we'll be uh, releasing as we head towards uh, Christmas mm. uh, we already uh, have a plan to uh, bring sampling back into the program so our core business has always been around product sampling getting yep retailers to try product first so uh, one of the iterations that will happen probably around September is that uh, for vendors who who want to um, you know ha- uh, have the ability for retailers to sample their products before they actually place an order um, yep. we will have that online um, and we'll be able to um, offer that to retailers that you know they can have samples delivered on their order um, of certain products that they've had in, or they've got interest in. Um, so sampling will be will be back um, come around September and it will all be done through the platform. And the other thing is that, you know, you know we, we now have a process where up until Stockbox Online, we were creating the awareness and the connections, but the fulfilment was being let down at the other end. We now have a complete loop. So... The thing with sampling on our platform or anything on our platform is that we won't endorse um, sampling or a product that we can't supply ourselves or in partnership with our um, our product partner. Um, so that's the first iteration. the The second iteration uh, that we're looking to to do uh, probably closer to the end of the year is to open the platform up to be hyper-local. Now, at the moment, everything we do on the platform is um, non-perishable, so it's dry grocery. Um, However, we are looking to, uh, this platform is powerful enough to uh, be able to promote local providors, local uh, florists and that to local business. So- I love this concept, absolutely love it. Yeah, so we will be, we'll be looking to, to um, play our part, I suppose, in uh, promoting local business to local business. Um, so this all, this all, uh, this technology is quite quite great because uh, what it means is that um, depending on where a retailer is, it'll actually show them the local businesses that they can actually place an order through the platform and 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 support the local business. That's fantastic. So you mentioned the other day, uh, like the like a local business, whether it was a cafe that wanted to buy flowers from a local uh, business, that could happen yeah, um, yeah. through this platform, which I just think is, it, it, one, it's a point of difference and it just allows, yeah, more businesses, which 
have become more relevant uh, the last seven months to go, yeah, we, we should be supporting local. And there's so many cool businesses out there that mm. this just opens their, yeah, a lot of businesses' eyes opens up to. So I'm, I'm really keen to see, yeah, the developments in that space and uh, yeah. what you achieve. So I think I think you've got a, a busy year, which hopefully has been a great year, um, COVID aside. And I'm, I'm really interested to see yeah, how Doggylicious does on Stockbox Online. Yeah, um, we want to get some sales for you. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, whatever we can do to do that and uh, just build kind of, yeah, the awareness and um, um, what whatever it, it, it takes. Um, and for people who are listening, um, if you are a business that go, ah, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll give this a try. Like Craig, I know we connected over LinkedIn. Uh, yep. Is there any other, um, well, probably your email address is probably the best, or if not, just go on the website that Craig mentioned uh, before. But what's the best contact details so that if anyone is listening, they can reach out straight away? Yeah, well, you mentioned LinkedIn. Certainly uh, just uh, um, look me up, Craig Matthews on LinkedIn. Um, and that's with a double T, M-A-double-T. Um, if you want to uh, send me a message or an email, it's uh, the email address will be um, Craig. C R A I G dot M A at mystockbox.com.au. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like, I think I'm going to give you a rest now because we've had some great conversations over the last uh, week or so with the implementation of, well, one, understanding the system, which is very simple, to then the implementation of putting the brand on the system and speaking uh, today. So absolute pleasure to have you on board, Craig, and I appreciate your time. And yeah, I look forward to just chatting even more and yeah, as you say, generating a few sales to hopefully grow your brand and my brand and see where it goes. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks for the time. And um, yeah, look forward to uh, letting you know when we get our first order for Doggy Licious. Same here. There'll be a little celebratory dance going on. In my <laughs> so don't, don't you worry. There might even be a gin and tonic as well. So. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to stop celebrating with gin and tonic. Otherwise, there might be an issue if I go big. <laughs> and we need to remember it's got to be social distanced. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Big straw. <laughs> exactly right. Thanks for your time, Greg. No problem. Thanks.